Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Good morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the 14th episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's episode, we will discuss PTSD and tough months. We will also continue our fun facts of UBI, useful bits of information, and veteran news. So stick around for the rest of our program. At different times of the year, many people become very busy. But for many veterans, this causes tough times when many barriers develop with different obstacles like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Many people have limited knowledge on this issue, except for what the media portrays it, which is virtually untrue due to stereotypes and stigmas. Here are some interesting facts to educate you on this disorder, which challenges many veterans and can give you some knowledge to help these veterans in many ways. So the first topic we will talk about is understanding PTSD in veterans. Many veterans have a hard time readjusting to life outside the military. Many always feel on edge, emotionally numb and disconnected or close to panicking or exploding. For all too many veterans, these are common experiences, lingering symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. It's hard living with untreated PTSD and with long veteran affairs wait times it's easy to get discouraged, but many can feel better and get started today, even while waiting for professional treatment by being proactive and educating themselves on the disorder itself and things will help relieve symptoms. The next topic we'll discuss is what causes PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, sometimes known as shell shock or combat stress, occurs after you experience severe trauma or a life-threatening event. It's normal for a veteran's mind or body to be in shock after such an event, but this normal response becomes PTSD when your nervous system gets stuck. A veteran's nervous system has two automatic or reflexive ways to responding to stressful events. The first one is mobilization or fight or flight occurring when you need to defend yourself or survive the danger of a combat situation. Your heart pounds faster, your blood pressure rises, and your muscles tighten, increasing your strength and reaction speed. Once the danger has passed, your nervous system calms your body, lowering your heart rate and blood pressure and winding back down to a normal balance. 
Immobilization occurs when you have experienced too much stress in a situation, and even though the danger is past, you find yourself stuck. Your nervous system cannot return to its normal state of balance, and you are unable to move on from the events. This is PTSD. Recovering from PTSD involves transitioning out of your mental and emotional war zone you are still living in and have, helping the nervous system become unstuck. The next thing we'll talk about is symptoms of PTSD in veterans. While veterans develop symptoms of PTSD in the hours or days following a traumatic event, sometimes symptoms do not surface for months or even years after you return from a deployment. While PTSD develops differently in each veteran, there are four symptom clusters. Number one, recurrent intrusive reminders of the traumatic event, including distressing thoughts, nightmares, and flashbacks where you feel like the event is happening again. You may experience extreme emotional and physical reactions to the reminders of the trauma, such as panic attacks, uncontrollable shaking, and heart palpitations. Number two, extreme avoidance of things that remind you of the traumatic event, including people, places, thoughts, or situations you associate with the bad memories. This includes withdrawing from friends, family, and losing interest in everyday activities. Number three, adverse changes in your thoughts or mood, such as exaggerated negative beliefs about yourself or the world and persistent feelings of fear, guilt, or shame. You may notice a diminished ability to experience positive emotions. And number four, being on guard all the time, jumpy and emotionally reactive or indicated by irritability, anger, restless behavior, difficulty sleeping, trouble concentrating, and hypervigilance. Here are some resources or ideas to help veterans experiencing PTSD events or having issues. Number one, help for veterans. Life in the military has taught you to be strong in the face of some of life's most challenging obstacles. It has also taught you to expect the unexpected. As a veteran, you know hardships can happen in every corner of life. If you or someone you know needs support, your military family is committed to helping. Assistance is always available. Number two, non-medical counseling for veterans. When life throws you a curveball, you might need someone to talk to who gets it. Veterans have several options for confidential non-medical counseling. To receive non-medical counseling from Military OneSource as a veteran, you must be within 365 days of separation from the military. Number three, the United States Department of Veteran Affairs offers a vet center program that provides quality readjustment counseling. If you have served in any combat zone, you and your family are eligible. Vet centers can be found all across the United States. Number four, risk factors and treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. People who live through a traumatic event sometimes suffer its effects long after the danger has passed. Several factors play a role in developing post-traumatic stress disorder, so there are no ways to know who will or won't experience it. The great news is treatment is available and early treatment may help reduce long-term symptoms. Number five, alcohol and substance abuse programs. While anyone can be at risk of alcohol and substance abuse, there are several aspects of military life that can trigger it. Understand the signs of substance abuse problems. If you find yourself or know someone repeatedly engaging in activities that have a negative impact on your life, you might be engaging in addictive behavior. Learn more about the signs. 
You can also find support through Alcoholics Anonymous and other similar programs. To find a program near you, call SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-4357 and find treatment centers online. The VA provides effective treatment services for all eligible veterans. Options include therapy as well as medications in some cases. To get help, speak to your existing VA healthcare provider or call 1-800-827-1000. Number six, housing assistance and help for homeless veterans. Delinquency and assistance for housing loans and veterans at risk of becoming homeless can always call or visit their local VA medical centers or community resource and referral centers for assistance. Number seven, veteran homelessness. The VA, in collaboration with other government offices and partners, offer programs such as supportive housing, homeless provider grants, enhanced used lease, and acquired property sales for homeless providers. Number eight, help for suicide prevention. If you're having suicidal thoughts or you are concerned about a loved one, don't hesitate. Have a confidential talk with a professional who knows how to help. The Veteran Crisis Line is always open. Call 1-800-273-8255, then press 1. Call for help and chat online 24-7 at no cost. Speak to qualified veteran affairs responders who understand the challenges of military life. They know many are veterans themselves. Since its launch in 2007, the Veteran Crisis Line has answered nearly 2.4 million callers and engaged in almost 294,000 chats. Number nine, the Defense Suicide Prevention Office is committed to developing suicide prevention efforts among all military service stakeholders. From best practices to resources for family and friends, help is available. Every veteran is valuable and deserves our support. As a military family, we are committed to supporting veterans' strength and resilience. Don't hesitate to reach out and get the care you need or for someone you know. So, in conclusion, there is no bigger gift than the gift of caring for another veteran in need. So, if you see a fellow brother or sister that is a little down on their luck, give him or her a helping hand, guidance, knowledge, or anything that they may need to give them a boost that will get them through their tough times. I know they will appreciate it more than you will ever know. I am sure they would do the same for you if you were in need. Take care, have a great week, and we'll see you next time.
The next section of our program will be our UBI, useful bits of information or useless bits of information, depending on your perspective. And we'll continue on with our military facts and fun trivia. And our next one is the military can hand down a death sentence for crimes, even though it never does. Which of these crimes could get the death sentence? Number one, espionage. Number two, sleeping at your post. Number three, cowardice, or number four, all the above? The correct answer is all the above. Under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, all of those crimes could potentially get you the death sentence, but it'd have to be some remarkable cowardice or falling asleep in a way that would literally lead you to war, probably. The military has not executed anyone since 1961. How many people are employed by the Department of Defense on active duty? Number one, 750,000. Number two, 1.2 million. Number three, 1.4 million. Or number four, 2.1 million. The correct answer is 1.4 million. The Department of Defense employs about 1.4 million on active duty plus 718,000 civilians, making it the largest employer of the entire United States of America by a landslide. Ford, GM, Exxon, Google, and Amazon combined employ fewer people. For how long did Hannibal wage war against Rome? Number one, 16 months. Number two, three years. Number three, nine years. Number four, 17 years. The correct answer is 17 years. The Second Punic War, or as Romans called it, the war against Hannibal lasted a preposterous 17 years. It was one of the most violent and prolonged campaigns in military history and it included the use of war elephants. Hannibal e eventually lost. How many overseas military installations does the U.S. have? Number one, 488. Number two, 525. Number three, 611. And number four, 737. The correct answer is 737. 
The U.S. has about 737 military installations overseas, but that number does not change as new installations are needed and others are either destroyed or phased out depending on the needs of the, at the moment. How old was the oldest active member of the U.S. Coast Guard? Number one, 71. Number two, 81. Number three, 97. And number four, 105. The correct answer is 105. As unbelievable as it sounds, the oldest active member of the U.S. Coast Guard in history was Anthony Christie, who served until he was a staggering 105 years old. He served as a lighthouse keeper and died on duty in 1862. How many dogs are in the Army? Number 1, 400. Number 2, 500. Number 3, 700. Number 4, 1200. The correct answer is 500. There are roughly 500 dogs serving in the Army right now. There are officially called military working dogs and they have a variety of jobs from detecting drugs and explosives to patrolling duties. They are constantly being trained and getting regular evaluations. Across all branches, there are over 2,500 dogs. Who chose the U.S. Army's dress colors? Number one, Ben Franklin. Number two, James Madison. Number three, George Washington. Number four, Alexander Hamilton. The correct answer is George Washington. In the year 1779, George Washington chose the Army's service dress colors. This doesn't mean they stayed that way for long, but they have actually gone through a number of colors over the years, but in 2010, they returned to Washington's picks. Which nation had the largest military force in history? Number one, China. Number two, the United States. Number three, Mongolia. Number four, Russia. The correct answer is the United States. Believe it or not, America holds the title of the largest military in history, while China currently has a force of a couple of million and the Soviets nearly reached 11 million at the end of World War II, the United States military has 12 million soldiers in 1945. That number has not been seen since. During what war was the first U.S. submarine used? Number one, the Civil War. Number two, the Revolutionary War. Number three, the War of 1812. Number four, World War I. The correct answer is the Revolutionary War. The first submarine ever used by the military was called the Turtle, and it made waves all the way back in the Revolutionary War. Its mission was to sink the British ships that moored off the coast of New York, but it failed. How much land does the U.S. Army own? Number one, 15,000 square miles. Number two, 24,000 square miles. Number three, 30,000 square miles. Or number four, 43,000 square miles. The correct answer is 24,000 square miles. The U.S. Army controls about 24,000 square miles, which altogether would make it larger than nine states, including Maryland and New Jersey. The military as a whole around the world had several hundred thousand square miles of property. Do you know how many nuclear warheads officially exist in the world? Number one, 8,750. Number two, 13,890. Number three, 17,120. Or number four, 22,340. The correct answer is 13,890. As of 2019, there are 13,890 nuclear warheads in the world and 3,750 active ones. While there is still enough to destroy everything, it's a great reduction since the 70,000 that were active in 1986. During which war was the first jet shot down by another? Number one, World War II. Number two, Vietnam. Number three, the Korean War. Or number four, the Gulf War. The correct answer is the Korean War. 
During the Korean War, the first dogfight between jet fighters saw a Lockheed P-80 shooting star take out a MiG-15. Though fighters had met in numerous conflicts in World War II, there were not specifically jet fighters. Everyone knows the term G.I. Joe, but what does G.I. actually mean? Number one, government issue. Number two, general infantry. Number three, general interest. Or number four, galvanized iron. The correct answer is galvanized iron. This one is tricky because people started using GI to refer to government or general issue products that were made for soldiers, but actually it originally meant galvanized iron. In military supply records, it was the abbreviation so a lot of equipment soldiers used would, would get GI whatever. Then it evolved from there. About how many people enlist in the U.S. Armed Forces every year? Number one, 35,000. Number two, 63,000. Number three, 112,000. Or number four, 180,000. The correct answer is 180,000. Around 180,000 people per year enlist in active duty in the Armed Forces. Statistically speaking, about 50% of all people who are at the right age range to enlist wouldn't qualify as a result of not meeting medical or physical standards. What symbol did the 45th Infantry once wear on their sleeves? Number one, an Inca. Number two, Star of David. Number three, a swastika. Or number four, a crucifix. The correct answer is a swastika. Prior to World War II, the 45th Infantry wore swastikas on their sleeve as a token to respect to Native Americans. The symbol had to was used for good luck until the Nazis effectively ruined it for all time. It was then replaced by the Thunderbird. Which Hollywood bombshell was assembling drones in 1944? Number one, Jane Mansfield. Number two, Marilyn Monroe. Number three, Jean Harlow. Or number four, Mae West. The correct answer is Marilyn Monroe. Before she was calling herself Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean Daughtry worked at a military factory in Van Nuys, California. Photos of, of her were snapped there, and there she became famous before she was a star. All right, that concludes our UBI. We'll now move on to our next portion of our program called Veteran News. And this week's Veteran News, we'll talk about uh, coronavirus cases among VA patients has reached a four-month low, as reported by Leo Shane. Active coronavirus cases among Veteran Affairs patients reached a four-month low last week as department officials announced another large influx of virus vaccine doses heading to hospitals around the country. As of Thursday night, department medical centers were tracking 5,520 patients with active cases of the virus in 140 different locations. That's the lowest daily total since October 25th and the 60% drop in last month alone. The number of cases reported by the VA spiked to nearly 21,000 in mid-January as virus levels rose to the highest rates of the nearly year-old pandemic across America. But as vaccine efforts have ramped up nationwide in recent weeks, virus levels have dropped steadily. VA officials report that 227,000 patients have gotten the virus since March of last year. More than 28 million Americans have contracted the coronavirus since the start of 2020. VA medical staff have administered more than 2.2 million vaccine doses since mid-December, and of that, about 550,000 are veterans who have received both ends of the two-shot regimen. 
VA department leaders expect to vaccinate about 7 million individuals in the coming months, including all VA staff and veterans who qualify for department health care programs. All right, this concludes this week's Veteran News. We'll move on to our next part of our program called Shoutouts. This section is reserved for recognizing new members of our podcast and partners or sponsors who support us in everything we do. We could not continue our podcast without their support, so we appreciate it and thank you. This week, we have no new members or partners or sponsors of the program, so please listen to the next portion of our program, which is about our patron and sponsorship program. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of The Veteran Doctor is to improve your knowledge on veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the veteran population to keep going and improve this podcast, we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth. We are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment, we would greatly appreciate you investing in The Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations. So please see what may fit your budget. Once again, we appreciate your support. And from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are, number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of number one, a thank you on the show or website. Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes. Number four, show swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers, lapel pins, and a pen. Number five, a patron can read a short message on the show. Number six, call in as a special guest. And number seven, a patron can determine a show topic. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh, entertainment, come on down and support the veteran doctor. As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide 
may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving widows and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve. Do you want to learn more about me? Maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books. What about our new veteran blog? Do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor? Well, my website may be your solution. My author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on-demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veteran's informational requirements. The feature of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven-day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. 
Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.